This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, the Prospect Chat, number three. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and joining me today, as always, is Let's Go Tribe lead prospect writer, Brian Heminger. Brian, we got a lot to talk about today. There's a game going on. We're not going to think or talk about it. We're going to talk prospects. Um, never a bad time to do it. we got a couple updates. We're going to have the first player of the week of the season, so a lot of great prospect stuff to talk about today. Oh, yeah. There's a lot going on in the Tribe system. The, the minor league started one week ago exactly today. So this is, for some people, usually about their seventh game, or seventh or eighth game. So uh, it's time to start uh, getting crazy about small sample sizes. <laughs> I love the, the, the best jokes are they're on pace for so many wins and so many home runs are the best. They never get old oh, yeah. at all. <laughs> I think with minor leaguers, nobody yeah. really does that because they know how volatile everything is down there. No, Yu Chang Chang, he was he was totally going to hit, you know, <laughs> 80 home runs, 90 home runs today, this year. <laughs> so our first thing, um, I guess we can call this a mini a mini incarnation of the Yandy Watch. It's Anthony Santander Watch. Uh, you said you have an update on him. So what's going on with okay. former Indian player, hopefully future again Indian player, Anthony Santander? This is actually kind of a, a mildly distressing and... Like there's news on both sides for people that are freaking out about him not coming back and then the people that really want him to come back. Um, there was a report about five days ago that said Baltimore is going to try their best to keep Santander. So I'm definitely nervous about that. But you got to remember, he's on the 10-day disabled list, not the 60-day. And then the new report came out that uh, he started swinging program again. So he's back in getting ready to, to start doing some rehab assignments. And once he's healthy, I mean, they can't keep him on the disabled list forever. They're going to have to activate him and then send somebody down to the minors to replace him and then keep him on that roster. And if Baltimore can stay competitive, he's going to be taking up a spot on that 25-man all year, and that's going to be really tough. Another really interesting update, Baltimore sent back their other Rule 5 already. So... Uh, and that guy went straight to double A. Um, so that's the first time Baltimore has actually given back a rule five in a long time. They always find a way to keep them. So there's a little bit, the, the window is now open for them to send him back. And then another update is they, after cutting Michael Bourne at the end of the season, they signed him to a minor league deal uh, just the other day. So there's a good chance that if he, plays himself onto getting a spot on Baltimore and it gets healthy after that broken finger incident with football in the spring training, then they're not going to need Santander there either. So uh, I think it the, the signs, even though they're saying that they want to keep him, I think with how many outfielders they have and with Bourne potentially joining the fray too, uh, we, we could be seeing Anthony Santander back. Finally. That, that update was an emo emotional roller coaster. <laughs> I thought at first I it was you, going, there was, he's a, there was a coming lot back. of news. There was a lot of news in the Santander department. <laughs> I'm feeling hopeful now. I, I still want him to come back. So what is the deal again if he comes back? Does he have to go? He goes back to the minors for the Indians, right? Yes. Like, okay. he doesn't have to join our 25-man or anything. Okay. It's That's only with them. Like, they have to keep him on their 25-man all season. And uh, and we can play, play him anywhere. Yeah, and nobody can poach him. But then they could, do, they could steal him again next year if we don't put him on the 40-man again. Yeah, and we but, should also note that he doesn't have to go through waivers. It's not like he just goes straight back yeah. to the Indians. So, but if the if the Orioles won't keep him, I can't imagine many other teams are going to keep him on their major league roster. Yeah, 
Yeah. Exactly. Because they mean, all passed him on the Rule 5 draft twice. Yeah, so. and, and he's still a guy that has never faced higher than high A pitching. So, yeah. other than if you count spring training, and some of those guys might not be high A level. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, we finally have uh, games that have been played. Lots of minor league games all over the place. So, lots mm-hmm. of players have been great. Well, not Some of them are not so great, but we're going to talk about the great ones first. Let's talk about your first iteration of Player of the Week uh, in the minor league Indian system. So, who do you got this week? Give us a little preview. Yeah, we had... Uh, usually, I throw out about six, five or six guys that I nominate, and then I let the the readers decide. So, and uh, there are two clear-cut choices for pitchers. Um, one is Mike Clevenger. He has been flat-out dominant in his two starts so far this year for Columbus and AAA. I mean, he's making a strong case for the Indians to give him a, a shot again. Uh, so far this season, he has thrown, let's see, 13 innings and two starts, gave up six hits, one run, and it was a solo shot, four walks, 17 strikeouts. Wow. Yeah, that is that is good. And what's even crazier is that somebody in the Indians organization is even better than that. And his name is uh, Thomas Pannone. He is at high A right now. Little known fact, out of all the full season pitchers in the Indians organization last year, this includes major leagues, minor leagues, everybody that started at least at Lake County or higher and played the whole season, uh, Thomas Pannone had the lowest ERA of any Indians starting pitcher last year. And uh, But he still wasn't on any prospect rankings heading into the season. And uh, despite him uh, having an ERA of 257 last year, so he decided he was going to one-up that. And so far through this season, he has had two starts, 11 innings pitched, two hits, no runs, three walks, 16 strikeouts. Wow. I mean, this kid is slaying. Just incredibly impressive performance so far. And that's uh, not even I, noting that he had yeah. a no-hitter in his first game. Yeah, his first game <laughs> and he, he still went lost. Five, <laughs> yeah, he, his first game he went five innings and no-hit ball, flirted with perfection, and then they took him out and lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, they I mean, did win the last game he pitched, so that's good. Yeah. So those two starters have been phenomenal so far. And the Indians have had some other starters that have been good too, but those two are heads and shoulders right now performing above the rest. And uh, number one India's pitching prospect, Tristan McKenzie, has also been very good. He had a great first start. I think he gave up one run in like six innings. And then tonight he had, I think, gave up two runs in five innings. I don't know if he pitched the sixth. Like that game's ongoing right now. But he's been excellent as well, but not quite good enough to get player of the week nomination because some of the Indians' offensive players have been insane. Yeah, Tristan McKenzie has. He's going to have a lot more chances to get Player of the Week. Yeah, once, he's going to get with a full season <laughs> under his belt. I would not be shocked to see him get at least five nominations this year for a full season. Yeah. So this seems like a good place to get in our first question. Uh, just to ask in the comments from Ron Ingerer. He wants to know. I guess you basically already answered this. Clevenger looking ready to come up? Question mark. Yeah, he does. And I mean, the problem right now is the Indians have five healthy pitchers. The interesting thing is one of those pitchers was worked a ton last year in Josh Tomlin, and he has not looked so sharp this season. He's going to have a long leash because, I mean, he's a veteran. He has good control, and Francona loves him. But, I mean, if Tomlin really starts struggling, the front office might uh, 
force their force uh, Francona's hand here, and Clevenger could get a, a call up, or maybe they could do one of those uh, sneaky things where they send Tom under the disabled list for a couple weeks just to let him work out some things. But uh, right now, Clevenger, I mean, he has nothing left to prove at AAA. He was dominant last year at AAA. Um, obviously, he struggled a little bit on the big league club, but, I mean, he looks ready to go. I mean, he is absolutely destroying uh, opposing batters right now. So you don't have to spoil all of them, but do you want to drop us one uh, position player that you're going to have tomorrow? I'll drop two, because okay. there's going to be four. Uh, one is Yu Cheng Chang, uh, the shortstop prospect. I mean, he opened the season by hitting a home run in his first three games. That's pretty impressive. Uh, so far on the year, he's, he's batting 273. I mean, he's not like just scorching everything, but uh, batting 273 with two doubles, three home runs, and a triple in his first eight games. That's pretty good. And, and the other one, I think this is going to be a shock to absolutely no one, uh, Francisco Mejia. I mean, this kid is unbelievable. And he started the season. He has another double today. He has six doubles already in his uh, to start the season, and he is batting over oh, about 450. So, wow, <laughs> pretty good. He's pretty good. I gotta yeah. say, uh, he's batting a little bit better than uh, Jan Gomes right now. Just a, a tiny bit. I mean, maybe tiny against worse bit. pitching, Just but barely. Yeah. <laughs> when you even but those hey, out, I still think he probably and, comes out. He bad. still hit grand slams <laughs> in spring training. So I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I would not be shocked if he's, you know, taking their jobs next year. I really wouldn't. Oh, yeah. I don't think next year's too early. This year's too early still, but not next yeah, year. This year's too early. I mean, unless they are desperate. But, man, he he is he looks good. He looks so good. <laughs> so our first question actually coming from Twitter, uh, from at JPF Tribe. He wants to know, any insight into Mejia's game calling? Are they calling pitches in his dirt? Wait. Are they calling pitches in the dugout? Does he get latitude to call games? I don't know on if he gets to call him, but if he is calling him, he has not been doing a great job so far. Now, defensively, Mejia has been amazing. Uh, two base runners have tried to steal on him. He gunned them both down, so he's got a 100% caught stealing rate. He picked off a, a base runner at first base already. But in terms of how the pitchers have been performing, not, not so hot. Uh, so far, I think only two starts for Akron have been decent. And everybody else has uh, had some pretty rough nights. Um, and as of right now, the Akron starting rotation has the lowest strikeout rate of any team in Double A, and that's despite having a pretty good roster of pitchers. I mean, that that team is sporting uh, Michael Peoples, a really underrated right-hander. Rob Kaminsky, one of our better uh, pitchers in uh, the minors. Julian Merriweather, who has rated as our best fastball in all of the Indians minor league system. Nick Pasquale did really well last year. And then Luis Lugo, uh, a pretty solid prospect uh, left-hander that uh, has stepped up a little bit. And and they did they, they have not had a great first run through the rotation. So I, I don't know if you can blame Mejia or not for all of that. But so far as I know, uh, at least, uh, they're, they're not performing at least up to the level they're capable of. So still on Mejia, uh, at Demos the Ness underscore Klee. He wants to know, any word on his pitch framing? Have you heard about how good he is at that? I know the two we have in the majors now, Jan Gomes and Roberto mm -hmm. Perez, they're both known for being really good at pitch framing. So is Mejia coming in those same footsteps from what you've heard or seen? I, I don't know. Uh, I would think that's probably something that he needs to work on. I mean, he has a cannon for an arm, but and, he, and he's decent at uh, blocking the plate. 
but I haven't heard anything about pitch framing. And if it, his pitch framing was great, you would think they would get a couple more calls on called strikeouts and stuff. And right now they're not. So that's just something we got to learn a little bit more about, though, at the moment. So, again, from uh, Demos the Ness underscore Klee, he wants to know, is Panone's increase in strikeouts sustainable? So, or sustainable-ish, he said. Something like increased velocity. So is, is the reason he's getting more strikeouts because he's throwing harder? Maybe he's just maturing? Or what's causing him? And can he keep it up? Yeah, I, th- I do think uh, it's sustainable. I mean, this is a kid that was more of a, a two-way player in, in high school, in college. And then he, he kind of just started focusing on pitching as the Indians drafted him. And... And he, it was a bit of a slow transition. Last year, he repeated at single A Lake County, and then it all started clicking. And uh, his strikeout rate wasn't amazing last year, but we've seen several Indians players uh, in the past couple of years have their strikeout rate really jump. And I, I would not be shocked that, I mean, Panone is a, a lefty, which is always tough, and his velocity is increasing a little bit. It's increased every year that he's uh, been in the system. And uh, he has some decent uh, off-speed pitches that can complement his fastball. And if he's locating well, I mean, he's going to get a lot of swings and misses. And and so far, if you throw in spring training, he has been getting consistent more strike more than one strikeout per inning pitched uh, since uh, I would say the past two months. So I, I think the kid's legit. I, I I think he's going to be jumping up the prospect list uh, the next time they update him. You mentioned that a lot of Indians prospects seem to just start striking out a lot more in the minors. I would be interested to see, like, you'd have to control for a lot of variables, but, like, if there's a certain level they're hitting where it's clear it's, like, some coach is having an impact, I think it'd be really good to see. We know that from top to bottom, the Indians have a great just Mm -hmm. coaching system, but I'd be interested to see if, like, Lake County, there's something going on there where somebody's really helping out the players, maybe even Lynchburg, but, yeah, yeah, like you said, once you hit Lake County, he, like, took off. It's tough because there's so much turnover with yeah. the coaches. Uh, like even last year, Dave Wallace got named minor league manager of the year, and he's, he's not, not even coaching. Like <laughs> he sees in the tribe system, he's just more of a like an advanced uh, minor league coordinator or something now. Yeah. So he's not even coaching. At, at the minor league coach of the year, he isn't even coaching. So <laughs> yeah. that's that's like if Francona, just like, eh, all right, I'm done. I'll I'll take it or. You know, vice president of the organization instead. Yeah, because it's weird. Like, if you're a manager, you're not really going to go much higher until you're completely done. But if you're yeah. a minor league manager, there's plenty of places you can go before you're probably where mm-hmm. you want to be. But I, I will say, though, I think uh, we I, ha- I did notice a jump at Lake County last year. Like, Matt Esparza broke out last year in Lake County, and he had led the organization in strikeouts for the full season. Uh, Pannone broke out. Uh, you saw Tristan McKenzie have his numbers spiked even after he got promoted to Lake County. So maybe they had something there at Lake County where those guys really started uh, turning it up a notch. So our next one comes from at Daniel Square E. He wants to know, what do you think of the tribe having so many pitching prospects with good numbers but lacking velocity, like Esparza, Savali, Moramondo? Uh, obviously, we saw Moramondo last season, a little mm-hmm. bit in the bullpen. So what do you think of those kind of pitchers that the Indians have so much of uh, coming up in th- through the system? Well, I wouldn't throw in uh, Saval in there. I mean, he he's a guy that was a, a former back-end bullpen dude. And so he throws, you know, mid to upper 90s. But they do have a lot of uh, lower velocity guys, like you mentioned. More, more Mando, he can hit uh, low 90s, but um, like Merritt, definitely. Uh, Bieber doesn't, you know, really blow the radar gun away. 
Uh, and then you throw in a bunch of the, the college arms from last season, like Tanner Tolley, Ben Croft. Those guys are a bit more soft tossing. But it seems like the Indians have really had a focus on, like they go for the, either the, the super advanced high school prep prospect or they go for uh, an established college arm that they can rocket through the system. Like I think that the prep arms, those are the ones that they want to focus on tur- turning into aces. And then the other guys they want to use as uh, org fillers and then potential back end rotation helpers like Ryan Merritt, like Mormando, like Plutko. Uh, so it's a nice mix. I, I, I don't mind that they have uh, some of the guys that are more uh, want to strike, uh, just beat you with command because you need those type of players in your system. Those guys that uh, can teach the young prep guys how to pitch. That yeah. They don't just have to rely on their velocity or their stuff. So I, I think that it's, they have a really good mix. Because they, I mean, they do have a lot of soft-tossing guys, but they have a lot of hard-throwing guys, too. Merriweather can hit, like, upper 90s. I think McKenzie, by the time he's done, he'll be in the upper 90s. Brady Aiken will be mid-90s. Clevenger, um, mid-90s. Yeah, Clevenger's already mid to upper 90s. So, I mean, Cody Anderson was in the upper 90s. So they've got plenty of guys that can hit upper 90s as starters. And... Uh, and, and I think, yeah, I just think it's a good balance. And that, that's what you want. I mean, if you had all guys that just threw gas, then that they wouldn't really have anything to, to learn. Yeah. Like, because they, they'd have to take everything from the coaches instead of seeing some of these other guys go out there and, and perform without having that same amount of uh, stuff. It does seem like lately it's the, the soft-tossing guys that are making it, like, breaking through, like, Merritt and... I guess he hasn't mm-hmm. broken through, but Marimondo. It, you, so you don't feel like they're targeting... Those kind of pitchers, just the byproduct of the type of arms they are targeting, happen to be soft tossers a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, two seasons ago, they went after the the, the hard-throwing prep guys with uh, McKenzie and Aiken and Hillman. And then uh, last year, and Jonas Wyatt that season too, he's coming off a of Tommy John surgery now. And then last year, it was uh, a lot of the the college arms. Last year was all college arms, I think. You know, Krauth, Tully, uh, Bieber, Cavell. And I'm, I'm missing somebody, but yeah, it was. I don't think they 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 drafted one high school pitcher last year out of all the the guys they drafted, and, and they all have performed really well though. Yep. So at uh, D U K Dog, I guess Duck Dog, <laughs> he wants to know in what order would the AAA starting rotation options be called upon to the majors if need be. So I guess just um, just if if the pitch starting pitchers just went down one after the other, what would be the order the AAA guys would come up to replace them? Uh, as of right now, absolutely 100% Mike Clevenger, number one. And then after that, it's a little tricky. Uh, Mormando is talented, but Merritt definitely has that big league experience. Uh, Merritt, I thought, pitched pretty well yesterday, so I, I think Merritt would be number two. And then it would be kind of a toss-up between Pletko and, and uh, Mormando. So uh, they, they're basically four guys right now. And right now, I think the fifth guy in the, the Columbus rotation is... Uh, a 35-year-old journeyman that's kind of just taking a spot and waiting for somebody at Double A to get called up. <laughs> so uh, it, it's it's down to those four, and you absolutely go Clevenger one, and I think I would go Merritt two, just because of how well he's pitched when he's been up. Like he definitely hasn't been uh, blinded by the bright lights of the big leagues. Yeah. So somebody coming up, not probably not for anytime soon, but later should be an ace, maybe eventually if he can live up to the hype here. Uh, Matt McPhee on Facebook, he wants to know, any word on Brady Aiken's velocity? Yeah. Uh, 
His first start of the year, he pitched pretty well. I gave up two runs, I think, in about four innings. And he was in the, the low 90s pretty much uh, the whole time and was topping out about 94, which isn't too far off from what he was doing in high school. I think in high school, he topped out at about 96, 97 and uh, was basically in the low 90s for the most part where he sat with his fastball. And I mean, what was really great about him was the the curveball. Like they said, you know, big league curveball already as a high schooler. And right now he's still working on his command a little bit, but the velocity's there. So it's just all about figuring out to throw strikes and, and strike people out. He struck people out in his debut, but today he pitched uh, and walked seven. But he did manage <laughs> to keep most of them from going around and scoring. So he pitched into trouble and then pitched out of trouble. I think he gave up two runs in four and two thirds, despite the seven walks. So that's not that's not terrible. But, I mean, obviously, you never want to walk seven guys in an outing. I mean, yeah. we freak out when Danny Salazar walks, like, two or three. So <laughs> Yeah, then you uh, have, you're know. not watching yeah. the game, obviously. But is there any way, just in general, you could explain away seven walks? Like, as it's not a big deal. No. Like, other than it's just in the minors, which obviously isn't a huge yeah, deal. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I'd have to find out what happened because, um, I mean, I, I don't think he's even come close to walking that many in any of his starts ever. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. His... Last start, he had three walks and five strikeouts. I mean, it wasn't a great performance, but in 2016, even though he did not have a, a very good uh, performance, he never had a – he had one start with four walks, and most of them were two or less. So I don't know where that one came from. Hopefully it's just a, an outlier. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm so excited I mean, about he is He is facing a bit more advanced bats already. Because, I mean, this is his second season ever, and – uh, his first healthy season, because last year he, he debuted coming off a of Tommy John surgery, and and now he's already facing a full season ball players. So you know these guys can be a little bit more patient. They can uh, you know not swing at some of the strikeout stuff potentially. Yeah, we were talking before the show that for a guy that just came off a major surgery and how young he is, he's getting pushed kind of quick through the system. Like it's kind of. Mm -hmm. I won't say confusing, but Which, it, it kind yeah, of explains why I, I might I be struggling. Mind. Yeah, I, I want to see no them push him. Yeah, I definitely want to see him push him uh, because you know this guy is very talented and capable of having some good results, and they they can't just baby him. So, uh, and especially with how many talented pitchers he's surrounded by right now, and he doesn't have the spotlight on him because there's so many good pitchers on in the tribe system that. You know, we're not just freaking out every time it's just him pitching. I mean, we're freaking out when a lot of guys are pitching. So, uh, <laughs> well, I think there's some people I, that are I freaking out every time Brady yeah. Aiken doesn't strike out 20. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I do think he's in a good situation. And, yeah. well, I mean, again, small sample size. Tonight wasn't a good night for him in terms of command, but, hey, uh, wasn't terrible in terms of uh, earned run average. <laughs> well, Brian, uh, great first week of, of prospect games, I think. We'll have to talk about Lacta. Yeah, a lot of great like, before. A lot of Francisco Mejia. <laughs> he's yeah. finally on a station where we can watch him more because he's on the Rubber Ducks, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. so. I want to go see him play live like as many times as possible this year. <laughs> well, Akron's one of the places. I grew up in Erie where they have the Seawolves, so the mm -hmm. Rubber Ducks are there a lot. I'm going to try to make it to a few games out there, which is exciting. Last year, I got the. I was within almost touching distance of Clint Frazier's hair, and it was amazing. And then now he's gone, and the hair is <laughs> gone. So. It's just really sad all around, but hopefully I'll get to be near Francisco Mejia and see him. Maybe he'll do another head streak. Who knows? Yeah, I'm drafting Clint Frazier tonight in the minor league version of my keeper league for baseball. Oh, jeez. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but 
Unless unless the person that's one in front of me via email is listening right now and takes him, but I don't think that. <laughs> I'm gonna even find out real quick and email. No, Brian, no, Fraser. don't don't you dare. <laughs> the next start, Brian. Get everything from him. <laughs> well, Brian, we'll talk to you next week. Um, we'll have more games to talk about. More mm-hmm. Brady Aiken, I'm sure. We can overreact to another one of his yeah, things. Yeah, a lot of hot takes. A lot of hot <laughs> yes, takes. Of course. Talk to you next week, Brian. All right.